We begin the current Tav, Mesech, this is Baba Kama Dav Kof Yod Ches. Begin on the second line down at the time of the Yomit, where the Gemara continues with the next Mishnah, and then continuing the theme of these two Parakim, which talk about the Halachas of Gizela, which is regarding this topic of Baba Kama, of Nezik, and of damages, a certain type of that is when someone robs from someone else. So the Mishnah says the following Halacha. A Gizela is Chavere. Someone robs from his friend. Or he had borrowed money from him. Or the guy deposited something by him. In the settled area. shouldn't return to him, again, either what he stole or what he borrowed from him or was deposited by him. When the guy's in the desert, if the guy is not claiming it from him over there, then he can't force the guy to receive it back in the desert because that's not a place where he can protect it. You're giving it back to me over here. What am I going to do with it over here in the desert? But Amanas Lotz is Bamid, but if the, the intention originally was that it was with the condition that he's going to go out to the desert, then Bamid, but then he's allowed to return to him in the desert. Which the assumption of the Gemara originally is, is the simple translation is that the borrower had said to the lender, I'm, I'm going to pay you back on condition that I'm going out to the desert and there I'm going to pay you. And therefore the Gemara is going to ask, that's a pretty obvious halacha. If that was the stipulation beforehand that he should receive it in the Midbar, of course he could. What's the Chedish in that? Now, first the Gemara asks, but Riminum. There seems to be a Bryce that contradicts the Allah of our Mishnah. The Bryce uh, does differentiate and says, Milva alone, Mishtalem Mishpachal Makim, could be paid wherever the person wants to, whereas Avedu Pekadin, but a lost object that someone finds, or the positive that he has, Ein Mishtalman Elba Mekayim, that could only be paid back where the person's regular place is, where his location is, but not wherever it is. So similarly, that contradicts the Allah of our Mishnah. It says that by, by alone, even if the guy is in the desert, he can pay him back wherever he wants to, whereas our Mishnah said that even by alone, it cannot be in the mid, but only has to be by Yishuv. So Ramabai, he says, no, this is what the Bryce was saying. Milva nitna litava When it says that a milva could be paid back in every single place, it's not telling us the strength of the borrower. It's when it's saying it could be paid back in any place, it's actually saying the strength of the lender. In other words, it could be claimed and collected wherever the lender wants to because he has the upper hand. Because he went and did a favor for the guy who's borrowing money, so he could claim it from him wherever he wants to. And in contrast, the Bryce was saying was, But uh, if a guy found a lost object, or if a guy had a deposit, he's watching it for this guy, he can't say, okay, give it to me right now. It can't be wherever he wants to. It could only be where it is in their mockim. Then he could say, okay, give it back to me now that you're home. Give it back to me. But he can't make him claim from him whenever he wants to. That's the Allah of the Bryce. That doesn't contradict the Mishnah, which was talking about the borrower. Yes, the borrower or the, the, the thief or the guy who was the watchman, he could only give it back to the guy who owns it in his place, in the Yishuv, and not in the Midbar, not in the desert. Now the Mishnah said, however, but if it's Almanas, Lutz is by Midbar, but if it was with the condition that he says, look, I, I'm borrowing you this, from you this money, but on condition that I go out to the desert, then he can go ahead and pay him in the desert. So the Gemara's Peshit is pretty obvious. That was the Tanai, that was the stipulation. What's the Chiddush? What's the novelty of saying that he could pay it back to him in the, in the desert? So the Gemara says, No. Actually, it's Tomat de Amale. The owner of the money said to the borrower, Look, let this deposit be by you. I want you to watch this thing for me because I'm going out to the desert. It's a dangerous place. I don't want to be holding this precious thing of mine. So I want you to have this for security. But then the watchman said to the owner, He said, Look, what are you giving it to me for? I also want to go out to the desert. Now, the Chiddush of the Tana is that even though he didn't make a complete stipulation, because all he said was that, you know, if you want to, 
That is, he was trying to say that, look, you want to go out to the desert, I might also want to go out. Even so, since the lender, the, since the, 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 the owner of the object knew that, the, that this guy was watching for him, wants to go out, so therefore he has to accept it even in the midbar because it's like as if he's telling him, if I want to give it back to you over there, I'll give it back to you. So that's the Chiddush of the Mishnah. It wasn't a Tanai, a stipulation. All he was saying was, look, you tell me going to the midbar, I just want you to know, I'm also going to go to the desert. So he didn't say on the condition I'm taking it for that. That's the Chiddush, but it's as if he told him, if I want to, look, you know, you give it to me, no problem, but I'm also going there. And thus he's inferring, he's telling him, in, in, not directly, but in telling him that message, which that's the Chiddush of the Mishnah, that I'm also going to go, and if I could give it back to you over there in the midbar, and that's why that works. Gemara continues with the next Mishnah, again, continuing the theme, related themes of Gezela, of theft. So the Mishnah says, well, If someone tells to his friend, Gezaltich, I robbed money from you. Or Hilvisani, you lent money to me. Or Hifkadetetzli, you, you gave a deposit for me to watch for. Now, for any Deb, I don't know, I don't remember, did I give it back to you? Did I not give it back to you? So says the Mishnah Chayv L'Shalom. So he has to pay him back. But if he tells him, any day im gizaltich, I don't know if in the first place have I even robbed from you. Im I don't know if I even lent from you in the first place. Or im if you ever had deposited something by me, then then he's exempt from paying. So in the first case where he knows that he had the obligation at one point, he just doesn't know if he gave it back, then that suffix would be mechayvim. But if he doesn't know if he had the chiv in the first place, then that suffix he's going to be part of. Now, Relating to the Allah of the Mishnah, the Gemara says, Itmar, who learns his follows. Someone tells to his friend, he says, Look, there's a money of mine, money is a certain amount of money, in your hand. Now, hello, I mean, any day, the other guy says, I don't know. What, you lent me money? You gave me something to watch? I have no recollection. So as a machlaikis, they say that the defendant, the guy who's being claimed for money, he has to pay. They say, they say that no, he's exempt. Now Rashi points out, although he's exempt, he would have to, however, take a shvua to back up his claim to swear that it's true that I don't know if I owe him or not. Because, as Rashi says, a not knowing is not better than definitely claiming that you don't owe him any money. Because even if he would say, you don't, it's not true, I don't owe you anything, they would make him take a shavuah, it's called a shavuah's heses. Which, even though it's not a moed of mikdus, it's a total denial of the claim. There's a rabbinic oath of shavuah's heses. So says Rashi, even though they're saying that he's potter, but he would still have to make a shavuah to the fact that, swear that you really don't know. Now, the Gemara explains the reason for their opinions. Rav Huna of Rabbi Yehuda Amrichai, they say that the defendant is liable because that's what's called Nalacha Bari Veshema. The claimant, the plaintiff, is a, is a definite. He's saying, I know that I gave you money. Now, the defendant is a bari. He's a, is a shema. He's like, I don't know. Is that really so? I don't recall. So, bari adif. So, when there's a definite claim and a, and a doubtful claim, the definite claim wins, and therefore he has to pay him up. They say, no, he's exempt because we maintain the money. Ultimately, it's a situation of doubt. No one has witnesses or proof. It's just claims. So then the moment, the money retains its original presumptive state, its chazaka, which is by the guy who's the defendant. Look, I don't know, but you got to prove. And therefore, he, he doesn't have to pay. Now, regarding this is the Gemara asks on Rav Huna and Rav Yehuda, from our Mishnah. Now, we learned in our Mishnah that said, but the Sefer said that if he tells him, I don't know if he even lent me money in the first place, said the Mishnah, then he's going to be potter. So the Gemara asks, what is the case that the Mishnah talking about? And that is, if no one's claiming any money from him, he just walks up and says, you know, I don't know if I ever borrowed money from you. 
So if that's the case, and we're saying, okay, so no one's claiming, and therefore he's potter, so reisha nami, the So that would sound like the reisha, which is talking about when he says, look, I know you lent me money. I know that I had something of yours. I just don't know if I ever gave it back. That would also be talking about the that no one's claiming anything from him. So the question is, then am I chayiv? Why did the reisha say that he's chayiv? What do you mean? Who, no one's ever claiming anything from you. You're saying, I don't know. I remember you lent me, but I don't know if I paid it back. Okay, so why should he be chayiv? No one's, no one's coming to take you to court. No one's claiming anything from you. So El rather must be, from the ratio you see, is the katavale. Must be where the guy is claiming. He's saying, you stole money from me. Where that's a tiny bari, the claimant, the plaintiff has a definite claim. The safe, and yet so even though we see from the ratio, there must be talking about the uniformity of the ratio and the safer is that there is a claimant. And still we see at the case of the safer that, which is a case of, I don't know if I ever borrowed from you in the first place. You're saying, I borrowed money from you. I'm saying, not that I know I borrowed, I'm not sure if I paid up. The Savior's talking about a case where he's saying, I'm not sure if I ever, ever borrowed from you. And says, the Mishnah Potter is exempt Milasham from paying. That's the case of Bori Veshema. And yet still we see that he doesn't have to pay him. The Uki Moinim Cheskis Mori, who said that Bori Veshema, Bori Adav, and that he has to pay him up. So the Mishnah says, no, not a difficulty. Truth is that it's talking about where there is no claimant. Now, so then the difficulty was, okay, the safer makes sense. If no one's claiming anything money from him, and he's saying, I don't know if I ever borrowed money, so he's exempt. But then what's the understanding of the ratio when he says, I know I borrowed money, but I'm not sure if I paid him up. Okay, now, but no one's claiming money from you, so how could we say that you're going to be chayev? So on that says the Gemara of a ratio The ratio is Toma where a guy wants to fulfill his heavenly obligation. Not just Now, since he admits that he definitely stole, now so therefore he's not going to fulfill his heavenly obligation until he knows for sure that he did a hashava, that he returned it. Because now the doubt is on him. The problem is on him because he knows he once did something wrong. Now he doesn't know if he ever rectified that. But regarding the case of the Seifa, since nobody knows if he ever stole or borrowed, not the guy who, who, who took it, not the guy who was taken from, there is no definite claim over here. So therefore, when there's no definite claim at all, then you have no obligation to fulfill a heavenly claim, to, to, to fulfill your chiv b'dei But if there is some element of definite there, you just don't know if that was taken care of or not, whether it's for the Goslin or the Nigzel that's making the definite claim. So then in the ratio, which has at least the Nigzel has a definite claim, he says, I know I stole, I just don't know if I returned. Oh, then you have to be The Seifa, there's no claimant, and essentially there's no defendant either, because he doesn't know if he ever took it either, then you don't have to pay even Medeshimayim. So as the Gemara, Itmanami, so too we learned this concept, where a guy wants to fulfill his heavenly obligation, even though in the courts no one can make him liable, but if he admits that he was liable at one point, where therefore that makes it that there is somewhat of a definite claim over here, again, as we said, either because if the, if the Nigzal makes the claim or if the Gazan makes the definite claim, either way, then you'd be chayved for your chayv b'deishamayim. As we learned that, Amr b'chir b'rabba, Amr b'yechen, he says, if someone tells to his friend, man li you have money of mine, v'halo imr eni and the other guy says, I don't know. Chayv, says Rabbi Yechen, why? Because it's because it's coming to fulfill his heavenly obligation. Now, therefore, Rav Huna, who explains the ratio, is also talking about a case where no one's making a claim. Since there's somewhat of a bari. In other words, these two cases, Rabbi Yechanan and the way Rav Huna explains that Mishnah, are both the same, albeit coming from different angles. Rabbi Yechanan is talking about where there's a bari claim from the nigzal, the guy who claiming it was stolen from him. 
So even though this guy is saying Shema, and really he'd be Pater, like if one holds that you don't have to pay up, but if you want to fulfill your heavenly obligation because it's somewhat of a Bari, then you have the Echiv. So too in the way Rav Huna explains Allah the Mishnah, there's also somewhat of a Bari, because the thief knows that he originally had stolen it. It just doesn't know if he returned it. So although again, Bidei Adam, in courts, they can't make him liable, because in regards to the Chiv that this person had, there is no Bari V'Shema, because the guy, there's no claimant over here, as Rav Huna explained, but there's still a Chiv, lots of Shemayim, coming from the Nigzel himself, who he has somewhat of a timeless Bari, which has to be resolved, and that's why he has to go ahead and pay up, not because of any contradiction regarding the Halacha, of Bari B'Shema from the Sefer, because actually there is no Bari over here. It's just the Chiv B'Dei Shemaim that he has to take care of. Malavgimar continues with the next Mishnah, again continuing on this theme about theft as being one of the types of Mazikin. So the Mishnah says, Hagoynev Eder. If someone robs, if someone steals a sheep from a flock, now, which the term Geneva always connotes that the guy doesn't, is not aware of it, versus the term Gizela is always that he is aware of it. That's the difference with Gizela and Ganav, is that the Ganav comes sneaky and the Gizela Gazan comes straight up. So the guy stole a, sh- a sheep from someone's flock. And then the Chizira, and he returned it. He, he had regret, he returned it. Now, Umeisa Nignav, then after he had returned it, that sheep either died or it was stolen from that owner. Says the Mishnah Chai Bachar Yusuf. This Ganav is going to be liable for the responsibility to compensate the owner for the loss of that animal. Now, the reason being is because once he stole it, then there's what's called Kinyanim. There are certain acquisitions, the, the Ganav actually owns it, it becomes his. Now, although he returned it, that's not a valid return. Because until the owners know about it, you didn't do Hashavah's Gazeli. You, you didn't return the theft because they didn't know about it. So you stole it and you really never returned it, although it's back there. And therefore, if something happens to it, until you actually notify them, they're going to be, the, the Ghanim is going to be Chayv. Now, says the Mishnah, let's say, Lo Let's say the owner did not know. He was totally unaware of the theft and he wasn't aware that it was returned. Uman Rasatayin, moreover, after it was returned, he counted a sheep and Bishlemahi. He had no knowledge of anything having changed because every 10 days he counts a sheep and in day 3 it was stolen, day 5 it was returned. Now he counts it and now he, it, it seems like everything is as it is and the owner is aware that everything is as it is, so putter. So then the gun is going to be exempt because now it was returned because the owner is aware of it. And since he wasn't aware of the beginning and the end, so now it's back to what it was, and now he knows about it, now it's not any more the responsibility of the Ganav, and if something happens to it, he's going to be exempt. Now, actually, the Gemara brings four different Amarok interpretations of this halacha, thus changing how we learn the clause of the end of the Mishnah. Amarav, first opinion is Rav. Rav says, Lodas, what Lodas means, Lodas means awareness. And that means to say, if the owner was aware that a sheep of his was stolen. So then says Rab the Halacha is, Tzarechtas. Then you need awareness, meaning that you need to notify the owner when it's returned that you returned it. Now, if you don't notify him, even if at a later point in time he counts his sheep and he realizes, hey, we're back to the number we originally had, still the Ganav is going to be liable for the responsibility. The reason being is because since the owner knows it was stolen from him, so that makes it into a complete theft. Because now he knows. Now he knows it's, do- it's out of his domain. So therefore, it says, Rav, if he knows that it was stolen, then he needs to know that it was returned. Which means, say, a complete Hashavah Saigzela would only be if you notify him. 
even if he aware of it at a later point in time because he counted, that's not going to be enough. Now, Shaloyla das. But let's say the owner was unaware before it was returned that it was even stolen or lost in the first place. Now, and after it was returned, he counted his sheep and he finds out that it's complete, that it's whole. Then says Rav Minyan Paiter. Then the counting of it would exempt the Ganav because now it looks like everything is as it always was. And since he didn't know that it was stolen, he doesn't have to know that it was returned. And since everything is status quo, the Ganav is going to be exempt. Now, based on this interpretation, the Gemara explains, so, v'chikatani, therefore, so when we learned that last clause of exemption in the Mishnah, that said, umanu esad soin v'yishleimo, that if the, if the owner counted his flock, and he found it out to be whole, complete, as if nothing was missing, then we said the Ganav is going to be exempt, that, according to Rav, is going asaif. It's going only on the second halacha of the Mishnah, which was talking about if the owner was not aware that it was stolen or that it was returned, and then if he counts the sheep and he finds it's whole, then the Ganav is going to be exempt. But had he known that it was stolen, then actually, as Rav explained, then the counting would not help. Because since he knows that it was taken, it was a complete gazela, then he has to be notified that it's returned, and you're not going to be exempt with him counting, even though he knows back to what it originally was. You have to go over to him and tell him, I returned it. Now, that's the first interpretation. Ushmol Amar, Shmuel gives a second interpretation. He says... Bain Ladas, Bain Shaloy Ladas. Whether the original owner was aware that it was stolen, whether he was not aware that it was stolen, Minion Paiter, his counting it will exempt the Ganav because, okay, it doesn't make a difference. Did he know? Did he not know? It's back to status quo. He knows everything is as it is, and therefore that would exempt him. So therefore, says the Gemara, so then when the Mishnah teaches at the end, that if the owner counts it and he finds that it's, <clears throat> everything is complete, that then the Ganav is exempt. That's going on Kula. That's going on both the Reisha and on the Sefer, meaning both on whether he was aware that it was stolen or whether he was unaware. So therefore, again, according to Shmuel, the way you read the Mishnah is as follows. If someone steals a, 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 a lamb from, from, from a flock, now, again, the Reisha must be talking about that the owner was aware and he knew that it was stolen from him. How do we know that? It's from, from the fact that the Sefer says that Loyadu, that he was unaware, the inferences that the Rasha is talking about where he was aware. Then the Rasha says, then if the Ganav returns it and then the animal dies, so then the Ganav is Chayv Bachrayas. Now, so too says the Sefer that if he was unaware of when it was stolen or when it was returned, it doesn't make a difference. Either way, whether you knew or you didn't know, the Ganav is going to be Chayv. But if the owner counted the sheep and he finds it to be whole, then, says the end of the Mishnah, the, the Ganav is going to be exempt, whether in the case of the ratio where he had known that it was stolen, or whether in the case of the Sefer where he didn't know that it was stolen, either way, Shmuel holds, the counting takes it back off the Ganav and takes it back into the domain of the owner, and therefore he's going to be exempt. That's the second interpretation. Third interpretation, Rabbi Yechonarmi, he says, Lodas, if the owner was aware that it was stolen from him, then Minyan Paiter. Then, if at a later point in time he counts it, he goes, hey, we're back to the number. Must have been something happened. But, okay, it's, we're back to status quo. Then the gun is exempt. It's back in the domain of the owner. Shaloy Ladas, let's say he was unaware that it was stolen from him, and now it's not even aware, none the smarter now that it's back in there. Says In that case, you don't even need the owner to count it for it to be back off out of the gun and back into the owner's domain. And because it's, he never knew that it was stolen, now he doesn't know that it's back. Okay, it's right back to where it always was. 
Now, and therefore, when the Mishnah says at the end that if he counts the sheep and it's Shalom, then he's going to be potter, that's going Arisha on the Arisha. So again, according to Rabbi Yechonin, the way you read the Mishnah is, is if someone, if someone steals the sheep, which is, again, as we just explained before, where he ends up finding out about it, that it was stolen afterwards, then it gets returned. So then says the Mishnah, he's going to be chai, the gun's going to be chai v'achrayis, where it wasn't counted yet. But, says the second case of the Mishnah, if the owner was not aware that it was stolen or that it was returned, then even if it wasn't counted, he's going to be exempt, or concludes the Mishnah, or, e- or if, it w- if it was counted, then even if he was aware that it was stolen, but now that he realizes that it's back, because he counted it, either one of those would exempt the Ganav. That's the third interpretation. Fourth interpretation of Chizdam, he says, Lodas, if it was stolen and the owner is aware about that it was stolen, then Minyan Paiter. Then, if he counts it and he realizes we're back to the original number, then the Ganav is going to be exempt, off the hook. Shaloyla das, if it was stolen without his awareness, he wasn't aware that it was stolen, then actually says Rav Chizda, then Tzarech das. That's where the, it has to be returned with the owner's awareness. And actually, if you don't notify him, even if he ends up counting it, in that case, he actually, the Ghana would still be chayef. And because when we learned in the Mishnah, when it ends off by saying that if he counts the sheep and it's whole, that then the Ganav is exempt, that's only our ratio, that's only on the case of the ratio. So according to Rav Chizda, the way you read the Mishnah is that the liability of the Ganav is whether the owner counts it or doesn't count it, explains the Mishnah. When did we say that? That's only if the owner didn't know about it when it was returned and when it was stolen. But if in the case of the ratio, where he was aware that it was stolen and then he had counted it after his return, then the, then the gun is going to be exempt. But in the case of when he didn't know about it being stolen, and he doesn't know about it being returned, then even if he counts it, it's not going to work. So Amarav explains, as we continue to Hamad Beis, my time to Rav What's the reason of Rav And for two reasons, as Rashi explains, why the Gemara is only asking Rav Chizda is because all the other interpretations... First of all, it makes sense that we're more stringent on when the guy knows that it was stolen than when it wasn't stolen. So there's higher levels and responsibilities when he knows because that's a real full-fledged gazelle because he knows about it. So then you have to do a higher type of return. Rav Chizda is actually the other way around. He's actually more stringent with Shalai Ladas when he wasn't aware of the Geneva than Ladas. Moreover, the, the wording of the Mishnah is more difficult according to Rav Chizda than according to the other interpretations. Because according to Rav Chizda, it's actually... The, 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 the way you have to read the, 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 the middle case, the, the, the Seifa, is a way of like that, not that the, the, the end of the Mishnah is only clarifying the halacha, the ratio, versus the middle case, which, as we explained, you have to say more as a qualifying feature of the ratio, which is saying, and when did we say you're going to be chayev both by counting and not counting? That's only in the case when he wasn't aware of it. But that the, when the end of the Mishnah then goes back to the ratio to say, but in the case of the ratio, then you're going to be exempt with counting. So therefore, the, the Rav is saying, so what is the understanding of Rav Chizda? So he explains Rav, he says, Yasu, which literally means to say that he, he teaches it to take steps outside. Which is, once he stole this animal, now it got accustomed to leaving its base. Now, actually, such an animal has to have a higher level of watching. Now, since in the case of the Sefer, the owner was unaware that it was stolen in the first place or that it was returned, so he's not going to be any more careful regarding that animal. 
So there actually, if he was unaware that it was stolen, you have to notify him that it was stolen. And just him counting is not going to help. But actually, but the ratio, when he was aware of it, then actually just counting will exempt because he knows that it was stolen and that it was returned. Now he's going to be careful. But you don't have to notify him. You have to return to say, here, I'm returning to you. As long as he counts, he notices what's back. He'll be more careful now because he knows that it was stolen. So that's the interpretation of Rav Chizda. Now actually, the Gemara asks, did Rava really say this? Which is that Rava was interpreting and explaining and seemingly going like the opinion of Rav Chizda. So ask the Gemara, but Rava, Rava said, Hi man, the Chazi Someone saw that his friend was the Agva Imri Ma'adri today. He saw his friend was picking up one of his sheep to steal it. Now, so he's screaming at him, What are you doing? And the guy dropped it. Now, but he doesn't know, he doesn't know if the guy returned it or not. He saw the guy run off. And then that animal ends up dying or gets stolen. Says Rava, so the Ganav is still going to be liable without responsibility. Now, ask the Gemara, my love, Avagav money. isn't it talking about that, since he doesn't differentiate, that it would even be talking about where the owner went and counted and he saw that he has the right amount. So you see that in the case of Ladas, meaning when the owner was aware that someone tried stealing because he had picked it up already, someone was stealing his sheep, that still you need to have das, that the guy who tried stealing has to come back and say, I returned it, because even though here where the guy counted it, still we see that Rav holds that the guy is going to be Chai Bechreis, which is not like Rav Chizda, but actually like Rav, who Rav said that if a guy was aware of the Geneva, he has to be aware of it being returned, which here he wasn't, even though he counted and he found the same amount, that's not valid enough. So how could we say Rav interpreting Rav Chizda's opinion? So says the Gemara, no, it's not Toma that he counted, it's Toma Deloi money, where he didn't count it. Guy has a thousand sheep, he's not going to count it, he's screaming, hey, get away from here. So in such a case where he never counted, so that is the halacha, like Rav Chizda said, that if he didn't count, then it's the, the ganav is going to be chayiv. But if he did count, then actually the halacha would be, like Rav Chizda said, since he was aware the guy tried stealing, then actually the ganav would be potter if he had counted. Now, but now the Gemara asks, once it was introduced, as we thought Rav was like Rav, the Gemara says, But did Rav say as his opinion was mentioned before? But Rav, Rav says a different Allah, which seems to contradict as we quote him on Amman Alf. He says, If someone returns a stolen sheep to the flock that this owner has, Sheba Midbar, which is out in the desert, says Rav, Yatza, he has fulfilled his obligation of returning the stolen sheep because he brought it to one of where his flocks were. Even though in this case, a, first of all, there's no das. He's not notifying the owner that is returning it. And neither is there a minion. There's no counting because it doesn't, it's not even bringing it back to where it really was. Bring it back to some flock that he has out in the desert. Now the difficulty is that Rav said you have to have at least one of these two. Which is that he said that if it was stolen, the das, then he says, okay, you have to have then das when you're giving it back. And he says, even if it was stolen, shaloi das, you have to have at least minion that the owner should count it. In this case, you have neither das in returning it, and neither do you have minion. So how could Rav say that you have the obligation over there? So I'm Rav Chanda Bar Abba, he says, Rav agrees in the case of where the animal is a spotted animal, where this animal, you realize right away when it's stolen. And moreover, the shepherd recognizes in the desert when this suddenly gets added onto the sheep. It doesn't just blend in this one. So even though it wasn't counted, you have fulfilled your obligation of it being returned because this is easily recognizable and you don't run into any of the problems that Rob described when it was taken Ladas, that you need to return Ladas, or in Shaloi Ladas, that it has to be counted. Here this one is automatically recognizable and therefore Rob says you'll fulfill your obligation even returning it to some flock he has out in the desert. 
The Gemara says, Let's say this four-way machloikis we had in Amman Alf is actually machloikis tanoim. As the Gemara says from the following b'risa. The b'risa says, If someone steals a sheep from a flock, or v'selem in a kiss, or he steals a coin from somebody's purse, so, Lamokim Shagon of Yachzid Divri Bishmol. Bishmol says, you could put it right back where you took it from, and he's exempt. Rabbi Kiva Aimee says, no, Tzarktas Bailam. You need to notify the owner that you returned it. If not, you're not exempt. So, says the Gemara, Savrua, the Kule Ama Isl Dev Yitzchak. Those who wanted to entertain to say that this four way Machlekes Amaram is in this two way Machlekes Tanoim, that because everyone holds, they assumed, of the Allah of Rabbi Yitzchak. What the Amr Rabbi Yitzchak, he says, a person is always touching his purse, which the Talmudic version of the cell phone is people are always touching the purse. Now, if that's the case, people are always checking their wallet. The owner obviously was aware that it was stolen from him because he obviously counts it all the time. Okay, let me come, come. and it's missing. Now, at a later point in time, he counts it again because we're always counting our money and he realizes that it's whole, that it's complete back again. So that's, that's one assumption the Gemara made. So, Says the Gemara, my love besela lodas. So isn't this exactly what they're disagreeing about? Which is that the owner knew that it was stolen. So what's the machlekes if you have to notify him when you're returning it? And the reason why he knows it is because by money people know because they always checking the wallet. So what's the machlekes if you could just return it or you have to notify him? Is beplukted the ravishmul? They're disagreeing in this machlekes ravishmul, and that is Rabbi Shmuel who said that you could just return it is because the guy is going to count it. That's the halacha of minion paiter. Because a person's always checking his wallet, and when he counts it, he finds that it's whole, that is exempt. That's like Shmuel who says that, even when, meaning when it was stolen with the guy's awareness, and again, we know that he was aware that it was stolen because he's always counting his money, so the minion paiter, when he counts a later point and he realizes back to what it was, the ganav is exempt. But Rabbi Kiva was like Rav, who said no, that when it was stolen ladas, he was aware that it was stolen, then you need das when you're returning, you have to notify him that you're returning it. That's one machlagis of these two Amarim that we have in that one case of, Rab, of, of Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Kiva. Then moreover, the assumption was, the other case they're disagreeing about was regarding the sheep, was that the owner was unaware that it was stolen because who counts their flock? Your wallet, your pocket, you're always checking. But the assumption is that by the sheep was when it was stolen, he was not aware. So what's their machlek is if, okay, now when you return the sheep, do you have to notify him or not? That's actually Uba Pluk the Drav Chizav Rabbi Yechanan. That they're disagreeing in that other case, in that other Machlaikis Amiram. And that is Rabbi Shmalu says that wherever you took it from, you could just put it right back. That's like Rabbi Yechanan who he says that when it was without awareness, that you don't need to have counting. So here, since he wasn't aware that the flock was mi- that the sheep was missing on the flock, you could just put it right back. And he's not gonna, he doesn't count usually, and that's why he wasn't aware in the first place. He's not gonna be aware later on, he's not gonna count. That's okay, you don't need minion, as Rabbi Yechelen says. Now, Rabbi Kiva, however, held the Rav Chizr that says that when, to the contrary, when the Shaloi Ladas, Rav Chizr was the most stringent about, when he was not aware that a sheep was taken, then you actually need Das, because now that sheep needs more Shmira. So, seemingly, the Machlekes, Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi Shmuel, in these two cases, encroaches on these four Amairam. In one case, it's Machlekes Rav and Shmuel, and the other case, Machlekes Rav Chizr and Yechanan, and that is Rabbi Kiva is like two of the Amairam in those two different cases, and Rabbi Shmuel is like the two other Amairam in those two other cases. So Amrav Zmid Mishmed Rava, he says, and this is in regards to specifically the halacha of the Tola, which are those who explain that, yes, maybe Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Kiva disagree in the Machlekes Rav Shmuel regarding the coins, the money, but specifically Rabbi Zmid is addressing regarding the case of the, when he steals the sheep, he says in the Girsa is 
When he steals from the domain of the owner, explains of Zvid in the name of Rava, no one would disagree. Don't say that they're disagreeing if they hold like Rav Chizda or like Rav He says, no, everyone would hold like Rav Chizda. And as he explained his reason, as we said, because Ankata Nigribriyasa, meaning since you, you, now the animal got trained that it could leave the, the, the land where it usually is because you stole it, you took it outside, so it actually needs more Shmira. So it says as in the name of Rava, no, really, everyone would agree that the Allah is like Rav Chizda, that you would have to notify him when you return it. So how do we understand your Bishmol who said that you don't have to notify him? So The case we're talking about over here is regarding a shamer, a watchman, that stole it from himself. What does that mean? Meaning, he really wanted to exempt himself from the owner by claiming that it was stolen or lost from him. But really, he really took it from himself. Now, everyone holds like Rav Chizda, as we just said, and that's why in the case of when he steals from the owner, everyone would agree you have to notify him. Now, when, so everyone agrees to Rav Chizda that when you steal it without the owner's awareness of the animal, you actually have to notify him when you're returning it. But here the machlik is this, here the machlik is was regarding can you just return it to the place that it was stolen from? What's the machlik is? Rabbi Kiva Sabah, he holds, since this guy, when he makes a Tony Tanis Ghanav, when he wants to claim that it was stolen from him, he then becomes a Ghanav himself. So, Kalsalai Shmirasai, your Shmira is over. I don't trust you anymore. The owner doesn't trust him because he's a thief who's stealing without the awareness of the owner. So, therefore, holds Rabbi Kiva, the owner has to be notified, meaning, what do we mean? It's not enough with the awareness of the Shmir that at least he knows that it's returned, because who are you? You're not a shamer anymore. You're not like the, the shliach of the person that's like Kamaisai. You're not a shamer because you lied. So therefore, you have to notify the owner, because he's the only one you can return it to. But Rabbi Shmal, however, held that no, even though he wanted to take it and thus lie, but he's still a shamer, and the owner doesn't even know about it even. So therefore, since his shmirah did not finish, it's enough with his own awareness. Yes, when you steal an animal, Shalai Ladas, has to return Ladas, because everyone agrees to have Chizda. But whose Das do you need in this case? Kiva says the owner's Das. Therefore, you have to notify him. Why? Because the Shemir's job is over. You tried stealing, you're done. Rabbi Shemal holds, no, he's not done. So since he's the Shemir, he's the guy that's the owner for this time, he notifies himself. So he could just put it right back. That's the Machlekes, but not that it's Machlekes Rav Chizda and Rav Yechanan. Actually, everyone agrees to Rav Chizda. The Machlekes is, what's Allah with a Shemer that attempted to steal? Is he still a Shemer or not? Now, however, the Gemara says, Lema, let's say, and this refers back to the Machlekes that Rav has with all the other three Amiram, that Minyan Paiter, regarding if the guy knew that it was stolen from him, that does it help for the owner to now just count it, and now that he knows it's back to the original number, would that exempt the Ganav or not? Which all the three uh, other Amarim said that that would be enough. Rav was the one who said that no, when it was taken Ladas, then it's not enough that he counted, you actually have to notify him that you're returning it. Let's say, says the Gemara, that Tanoihi, that that's a Machlikis Tanoi. Because the Tanoi in the Bryce has followed. A Geisel es And again, remember the term Geisel is, refers to robbing, which is, the guy knows you took it from him. So someone robs from his friend. Then, meaning at a later point in time, he bought something from him. This guy knows, this guy robbed, he took $500 right out of my hand, and he comes into my store, okay. When he pays him up, he realizes that in the pile of money he paid him up, 
he gave him a lot more money than how much this item was worth, and he realized that in the calculation, he stuck in all the money he had stolen from him. Now, the reason was he was embarrassed to say, look, I stole from you, I robbed from you, here, I want to return to you. He's embarrassed. So instead, he just sticks it into the money. So, we learn one bride. So, he has fulfilled his obligation. He's exempt now. He doesn't have any more the liability. But, the other bride says, no, he has not fulfilled his obligation of returning the theft. So, says the Gemara, Sabru, they assumed, those who wanted to say that this machlekes of the Tanoim, of these brises, would be the machlekes Rav and all the other Mayram regarding Minyan Paiter, that the Kuleam Islo Dreb that everyone holds of the opinion of Rabbi Yitzchak Daman, that he said, Adam Asir that a person tends to touch and to count how much there is, Bikisa in his wallet, Bechal Shavashad, every single moment. So, therefore, this guy, immediately, he went and he counted the money that this guy who had robbed money from him had given him this wad of money. Now, he obviously realized that there was more money here than the, than the item he had sold him, and he recognized that this guy gave him back what he stole from him. Now, so my love, so then what are they disagreeing about? The Mandamayatza, the Bryce that says he fulfilled his obligation because Sava Minion Piter, he holds that even though the guy robbed money from him, but as long as he counts and he sees that the amount is back to what it originally was, will exempt the Ganav. But Amandamaloyatza, the opinion that says that no, he has not fulfilled his obligation. Why? Because that's like Rob, Sava holds Minion ain't a Piter. No, even though he knows it's back to what it originally was. He counts and he realizes he's back, it doesn't make a difference. If he stole a Das, you need to return it with Das. So isn't this Machlik is Rob and Adam Aram? So, I mean, they said no. If everyone would hold of the halacha of Rabbi Yitzchak, then actually everyone would hold not like Rav. That just him counting would exempt, because he sees it's back to what it was. So, okay, the guy paid up. Shalom Yisrael, he doesn't have, to, he doesn't have any more liabilities anymore. But but says the Gemara, we could say that everyone's not like Rav, but their machlekis is, do they hold the halacha of Rabbi Yitzchak? And that is Mar, the Bryce that says he has fulfilled his obligation, Isla Derb Yitzchuk holds Allah of So obviously he's going to count because people are always counting their money at all times, so he's going to know that it was back. So the guy did a minion, so that's why he fulfilled his obligation. But Amar, the Bryce that said that he has not fulfilled his obligation, is because less Derb Yitzchuk, he doesn't hold Allah of People are not always touching their wallet and counting their money, and therefore you don't have a minion. The guy not necessarily counted his money, and therefore the Gazan has not yet fulfilled his obligation of Ashavas Akzela. Or if you want, the Gemara says a third approach is the Kulam Isla Yitzchuk. We say that no, everyone agrees to Allah of Yitzchuk. But still, like Kash, it's not going to be a difficulty because if, what I mean, if it's not Machlik, it's Rab and other Merom, and everyone holds up Rabbi Yitzchuk, so how do we understand the pin that holds that you have not fulfilled your obligation? But like Kash is because Ha, the Bryce that says that he has fulfilled his obligation, is because the money is talking about where the Goslin counts the money, Virama Lebekise. And then he puts it into the one who he stole from, into his wallet. Now, since everyone holds the halacha of Rabbi Yitzchak, he's going to end up counting his money. He's going to realize, wait a second, I only had $100 in my wallet in the morning. Now there's $500. Ah, oh, we're back to what it was. The stolen money was returned. So therefore, he has fulfilled his obligation. But Vaha, the Bryce that says he has not fulfilled his obligation, is because where that's talking about the money, where the Gazan counts the money, but Verameliyadeh. He puts it into the guy he stole from into his hand. Now, therefore, as Rashi says, you could say, and maybe the guy was holding on to the money, when he comes home, he puts it into his safe. And he's never going to count it because it was never at any point in his wallet. A person's wallet he checks. In his hand, he's like, okay, what am I going to do with this? Oh, let's put it into the safe. Safe is not counting. That's always off. So therefore, that's why he's not going to fill the obligation because although he returned it to him, he's not going to count it because he didn't put it in his wallet, he put it in his hand. 
or v'yibayisem, or if you want, the Gemara says a fourth approach is, no, both cases, both rice are talking about where the gun, the gun of the gas encountered it, and they put it into the guy's wallet. So then, how do we understand the one who holds? If we hold like a bitzchak, why does he say loyatza? Because ha the islei zuzei achrin bekisi. The rice that says that it is not fulfilled his obligation is talking about where the guy, although he put it in his wallet, he didn't know he had other money in his wallet. He didn't know how much money he had there beforehand to know what's more or less when the guy put more money back in there. So therefore, even though the holder of Rabbi Yisrael that he's counting, but he's like, I have no clue how much money is in my wallet. And therefore, there's no minion here to know that it's back to status quo to exempt the Gazan. The one, the Bryce that said he has to fulfill his obligation was they had no other money in his wallet. When he suddenly finds $500,000 in his wallet, he's like, ah, oh, that was the Gazan who gave me back the money. So there, there's a minion, and therefore, that, again, not like Rav, everyone holds that you don't have to notify him, but there, there's going to be a minion, the other Bryce is not going to be a minion, and that's why they hold either one, Pater but again, everyone holds like a Yitzchak, that a person does touch his wallet and counts his money. Now the Gemara continues with the next Mishnah, again continuing on this theme about Gizela, about stealing. Says the Mishnah, A person is not allowed to purchase from shepherds, tzemer, wool, v'chal of milk, v'gedoyim, and kid goats. Now the reason for this is because you could say that maybe they stole this from the sheep of the owners that they're watching their sheep because they're shepherds. Maybe they just milked the animal, maybe they just took up the wool, and therefore you can't buy from them from the concern that it was stolen. So to Vuloy Mishemri Paris, and not let it buy from those who are watching, safeguarding other people's fruits, ate some of Paris wood or fruits, again, because maybe they took it from the people's stuff that they're watching. Aval, but says the mission, Loichim and Anashim, we're allowed to purchase from women clay tzemeh Yehuda, woolen garments in Judea, or the clay pishnah begalil, or linen garments in the Galil. Because, although we can be concerned that maybe in other cases that they're stealing from their husband and selling it on the side for themselves, but these are types of work that women would do, and they would make and they would sell it, and that's with the awareness of their husbands, therefore these things you could buy from them. So to va'agolim, calves, young cows which are grazing bisharon, which again Rashi says either means to say in a wide open expansive area, so since they're selling it out in the open, obviously they didn't steal it because or else they would be discovered, or actually Sharon is the name of a place, and that's a place where they would actually uh, graze and, and grow up these, these calves, which they would buy calves at a cheap price and then grow them up, and they're, they're theirs because that's where people actually work with calves. Now, so these things you could purchase. Now, but, says the Mishnah, in any situation where the owner said, just, just hide it, don't show any people, then also then it's forbidden, because obviously we have to suspect that, that it's stolen goods. Now, but ends the Mishnah, but chickens and, and eggs, that you could buy anywhere, because that's, ins- that's not a, a, an expensive product, and no one's going to put themselves at risk of being caught for theft for something that cheap, and that you could buy from in any place. So the Gemara brings Tarnabon Linda Brisa, expounding on these halachas. Ain leichem and harayim. You're not allowed to purchase from shepherds. Leizim, not goats. Legidayim, not kid. Those are the, the child goats. Legizin, neither the fleece, which is the wool that's sheared off. Legitlushim shall tzemer, neither the wool which is pulled off from the sheep, which is pulled off pieces by pieces. Those are just clumps. Can't buy that either. Because again, that's definitely suspect that the guy just pulled it off and wants to sell it. Ava leichem and tfurin. But you're allowed to purchase from them sewn garments, although that obviously came from wool, which you're not allowed to buy from them. 
And that is because of Nishain Shalahan, because that is theirs. The reason being is because even if they stole the wool, but they acquired it with the Shinoi of changing it from wool to a garment, and therefore whatever they did, they did. Meaning when it's stolen, you can't buy stolen goods. But if it was already acquired by them, that's their own shubu they have to do of returning and paying up. But now it's like already neutral money that you could buy from them those things. Moreover, you're allowed to purchase from the shepherds milk and cheese in the desert. Now, the reason for that is because the owners of the, of the sheep, even from the goats, is even if it's owned by the owner, but they don't go out to the desert where the guy's grazing and they let the shepherds take that. So that's theirs and they're allowed to sell it. But you can't buy the milk and cheese from them in near the settled area because that normative is for them to have to give that to the owner. And therefore, this might be theft. But, you are allowed to buy from them four or five sheep at a time. Now, the reason for that is because missing that many sheep from a flock is recognizable. And they can't get away and say to the owner, oh, a wolf came and ate up because, okay, maybe they'll eat one or two, but definitely not four or five. So if it's not his, he definitely wouldn't be selling four or five. So therefore, a four or five, you're allowed to buy from him. So to Dal Gizen, so to when he takes off, shears off the whole animal, the fleece, four or five of them, is definitely a recognizable thing in the flock. You could buy that too also. He's not suspect for that. But not two sheep or two fleeces because that is not so recognizable. He might be trying to steal that and therefore that you can't buy from him. He says, you could only purchase from them the domesticated animals because that the owner would, he knows those numbers because it's always around, and therefore that you could purchase from him because you don't want to suspect that he's stealing. But midbarius ain't like men, but the animals which are always out to pasture out in the deserts, which the owner doesn't have any, doesn't even see these animals for months at a time, that you can't buy from him because again, that he might be stealing. And so if the price of double, the general rule of this is, or anything that if the shepherd's going to sell, the owner is going to realize and is going to understand that what happened, then like man, those are types of things that you could purchase from him because obviously he's not stealing because then he would be caught by the owner. But if it's something that ain't margish, but that the owner wouldn't recognize if it was missing, then ain't like man, then you can't buy from them because then there's a suspect that they stole this from the owner. Now, the explains that in the Brisa, it said, Omar, the master had said in the Brisa, that you could purchase from them four or five sheep at a time, or four or five fleece. Now, the asks, if the Brisa is saying that you could buy four from them, which is less than then do you need to tell us that you could buy five? Meaning, of course, if you could buy four, which is less recognizable, and still we're saying that's enough recognizable, so five, which is more, for sure you're allowed to buy. Why do you have to say four or five? So Rav Chizdi says it means It means four from five. In other words, if the flock only had five sheep and he's selling four of them, well then they're allowed to buy them because obviously that's so recognizable, he's not going to go ahead and sell four-fifths of it and then make some type of a claim. It's going to be obvious that he stole it. So then obviously it's his because or else he wouldn't have been selling someone else's things, four out of five of them. Begadami, those that said that Rav Chizda actually Arba when we said you could buy four, it's me'edr cotton. From a small flock, four is recognizable. But from a large flock, then even four is not so recognizable, but then five you could buy from, because five is recognizable. So four or five depends on how large the size of the flock is. Now, the Gemara has another question. There seems to be an internal contradiction in the b'risa itself. Because Amrit, you said, and you're allowed to buy from him four or five sheep, four or five fleece, and at a time. 
Now, Dalat Mehein sounds like four or five, which again we said either four out of five or four from a small one, five from a large one, that you're allowed to have a shalish light. But three sheep, three fleeces, you can't. But on that aspect of Gemara, aim is safe, look at the end of the Brisa. Meaning the next clause says, Avaloish to eight son, but not two sheep, that you can't. Now, Hashalish Zabnina, but that sounds like a three you could. So, what's Allah Hawaii three? Could you or can that you? So, says Gemara, Loi Kash, it's not a difficulty. Havavaryasa. When it's a healthy sh- animal, then the owner is constantly looking at it, he's like, that's his prize animal. Then he would recognize if even three are missing. So then, three would be permitted to buy. But the other one that said that it has to be four, is talking about by weaker animals, which are not so important to the owner, and he's not really always looking at it all the time. But he wouldn't recognize it if it was just three animals taken. So in other words, he wouldn't know up until four. So, yes, is three permitted or not? Depends what type. If it's one of his prized type of animals, he would recognize three. And if it was type that you could sell with three, just not two. Two he wouldn't recognize. Four is if it's the weaker type of animals, he wouldn't recognize by three that you wouldn't be able to buy from him. But four you would be because then that also would be recognizable even by the weaker type of animals. Now, it said in, it said in the Bryce that you'd be Huda Eimer by Yasis like man, that the domesticated animals you could purchase from the shepherd. Because that the owner would recognize, and therefore must be he wasn't stealing it. But midbarius in leichemen v'chulabat the desert, the, the animals that go out to graze out in the fields that he doesn't know about, and therefore that you can purchase from the shepherd. Now Ibayla did the following question regarding this opinion of Rabbi Huda. Rabbi Huda areshakoi is Rabbi Huda going back on the first halacha of the Tanakhama, which he said that four or five are permitted. And on that is what Rabbi Huda is saying, and he's coming to be stringent and saying that even that was only permitted by domestic, but not by Midbarius. Maybe he's going on the, last, the second halacha of, of the Tanakhama, which was that the Tanakhama said that two sheep you're forbidden to buy from the shepherd. And on that was, Rabbi Huda was coming to say, that he's actually being lenient and saying that that's only a problem by Midbarius, but not by the Biosis, as the Gemara explains. Is it going on the Reisha and he's being stringent because the Amr, the Tanakhama said, four or five sheep at a time that you could buy from him. And that said, that's only domesticated animals where that he would recognize because it's, he's, it's around where he is. So four or five, it, it's obviously, it's his own, the shepherds, because or else the owner would recognize it. But if it's those that go out into the desert, and that Rebidu is being stringent, saying, no, even four or five he can't, because even ten he wouldn't recognize, he's not around it, therefore he might be stealing it. Maybe he's going on the next halacha, and he's actually being lenient. Because the Amar, that the Tanakhama had said, regarding what you cannot do, the Tanakhama says that you cannot buy from him two sheep or two fleeces. And that is what Yehudah was saying, that's only by those that go out to the desert, where two, that he's not going to recognize, first of all, it's far, and it's very little. But Yehudah was saying, but if it's domesticated animals, there, even two you could buy from him, because even that would be recognizable, because even though it's only two, but it's around where he is, and therefore you could buy from the shepherd even two. So what is it? Is he being machm or is he being mekel? So the Gemara says, Tashma, come in here to the town, like, that Yehudah, he says, it quotes his opinion as saying, You could purchase from the shepherds the domesticated animals. But you cannot purchase from them those that go out to graze out in the fields. Now, but he says, In any situation, You could purchase from them four or five sheep. 
Now, continues the Gemara on top of Kofitesim and Aleph, from the fact that he said that you could purchase four or five animals from the shepherd in any situation. So obviously we see that when is he differentiating between the domesticated animals and the, those that go out to the Midbarius, not by four or five, because four or five, he says, you, know, you could always buy four or five. Must be on the two sheep, which was forbidden, that's where he's differentiating. No, you can infer from that that he was going on the safer. The Tanakama who said that two sheep is forbidden, on that Rabbi Huda was coming to say, he was being lenient and saying, when did we say that there's an Isser of two sheep buying from him? That's only by Midbarius, because by four or five, that you could buy anywhere, even by Midbarius. But even by the Isser of two sheep, that's only by Midbarius, but by the Bayasis, it actually would be permitted. So Shmamim could have from that, that Huda's opinion was a leniency, and that he was saying this Isser of buying a small amount was only by Midbarius, but Bayasis actually would be Mutter.